Hello everybody and welcome to the Across the Stages podcast brought to you by Absolute Motorsport Radio and also available on Absolute Motorsport TV. I'm Joe Scacey and joining me today is Joshua Suttel. We're back for our second series for the 2019 season and we're going to start off by previewing the 2019 season and looking forward to the Monte Carlo Rally. So we're going to start off today by looking at the season as a whole uh, and later on we're going to be getting on to that uh, preview of just the Monte Carlo rally and uh, as you would have seen a very different uh, lineup this year a lot of changes Sebastian Oje looking for his seventh world championship has moved to Citroen and we're going to start um, with him and uh, of course Citroen really changing everything up uh signing Lappi as the second driver as well what can we expect from citroen and in particular from ogier in 2019 i think a huge step i think from what we've seen previously i think there's no doubts about it you know they have to win uh, at least the drivers championship i think this year i think that's pretty much what it's all on you know they're only running two cars uh, full time this year so to me, it's pretty clear that this is all about giving Auger the best possible chance of winning that Drivers' Championship. And even though they've had a lot of issues, let's say, over the past couple of years, um, I think they are looking in pretty good shape heading into the season. Uh, but, you know, compared to his previous years, James, you know, do you think this is his, his biggest challenge yet for Auger? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think in terms of his challenge, I don't think his challenge is necessarily making Citroen a winning team again because I don't think they're really that far off it I think it's more to do with the competition that he's got because Citroen towards the end of last season they weren't too bad were they really and um, considering they had no uh, no multiple rally winners or championship contenders in the car they were still getting okay results I think his his main problem is going to be that the competition just how far ahead Toyota are going to be maybe at the start of the season performance wise but I don't think Citroen are too far away um, in terms of their car Espacalapi seems pretty positive with it and obviously he's been in that Toyota so to me I think Lappi his positive comments about we can make this the quickest car is probably the, the most positive thing I've heard so far yeah, I think, you know, Lappi's a driver as well that is probably going to make a huge step this year. I think he's a, he's a pretty good bet, really, to maybe be around that sort of best-of-the-rest target. And he's probably still going to be targeting, you know, maybe Latvala, even though they're in separate teams. I reckon that sort of position, maybe kind of fourth in the championship, is probably where he's going to be wanting to go for. Uh, you know, Auger, of course, is, is a fantastic driver, and, and it's a difficult challenge for Lappi. But for me, you know, I can, I can see him definitely matching him on, you know, quite a few of the rallies. Maybe not over the season consistently, but do you think maybe he could do something a bit like what Tanak did uh, back in 2017? Mm, yeah, I think he can. Um, definitely, because this is the first year where he now knows all of the events. Um, in terms in terms of last year, I think people expected too much from him because he yeah. won that Finland 2017. People thought he's going to be winning rallies again, but half the rallies that he was doing, he was doing it for the first time in a WRC car, so... Um, yeah, I think we are. We did like a obviously last year we did that top ten rankings thing, didn't we? And we had yes. Lappy quite high up, but other people have had him very low down. They didn't seem to rate him, but um, I think he is on the edge of something very good. 
Right, let's move it on then to M Sport, which of course have lost OJ. Citroen uh, have been the team that have taken him away. Um, and the financial uh, reasons behind that is the main thing. And in terms of Ford, maybe not giving the kind of backing that OJ wanted. But from what I've heard from everything from M Sport, despite these financial problems, despite losing OJ, they still think they can win rallies. Do you think that is realistic? No, unfortunately not, I don't think. Uh, you know, my prediction, if I had to put one out there for this year, is that, you know, M Sport will not win a rally. I think it's going to be a win this season for them. Uh, that's not to say they don't have, you know, good drivers, because they do, but they just don't, for me, have that kind of real, you know, killer star driver in there, at least not now. There is a chance they could win, an, you know, an event, uh, you know, maybe with good road position, or if they get a different kind of guest driver in that, you know, M Sport. Uh, but for me, you know, Sunanan, Tiedman, Evans, you know, Greensniff when he appears, you know, none of them for me are really going to have a good chance of winning a rally. I think just because the competition is so tough, uh, I think M Sport might get a little bit lost this year. But, you know, at least they're on the grid. I think that, that's that's one good thing that they have managed to make it. They can have three cars in Monte Carlo uh, and they are going to be fighting and they're going to be a bit of an underdog. There'll be no expectations on them. Uh, but for me, I think they are going to fall short of that win. I I disagree. I think that they'll, I think they will get a win. I'm not expecting multiple rally wins. I must be honest, mm -hmm. but I think that somewhere like Wales with uh, Elfin, obviously, or uh, I think Sunnenden this year is going to be a bit stronger. I could see them picking up something, um, but I think mostly it will be kind of podiums. Um, the win is going to be something that's going to be quite rare, I think. Um, but I'd. I'd think that they could pick something up uh, as you said uh, like Tiedemann and Greensmith they're just they're basically providing money into the team to just learn their trade in WRC cars so really don't expect anything from them but there is going to be obviously Tiedemann is just doing those first two rounds to start off with Greensmith is doing Portugal who do you think out of those two is going to excel more uh, Tiedman, for sure, I think, definitely. Um, I, I think he could be quite a big surprise, really. Um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time in the car, but I feel like he could be someone who could sneak a surprise result. You know, maybe in Sweden or something, he could get something out of it. So I think Tiedman, to be honest, could easily be on the pace of Sunderland and Evans. Uh, he's shown that before in WLC2. Uh, you know, Greensmith, uh, I think it's going to be one of those drivers that kind of slots in between the kind of factory guys and maybe the privateers or the kind of top R5 cars. So, yeah, I'm expecting good things from Tiedman. And Greensmith, you know, uh, I think is more there on, on financial uh, sort of grounds. But Tiedman, for me, you know, has earned this shot after, you know, quite a few years uh, in terms of the second tier. Yeah, I think he, he was very unlucky not to be in WRC yeah. last year. So, yeah, I, I really hope that it goes well for him. I think it would be a real shame if having waited this long and, and sacrificed so much, he's left his management group and everything to pursue this um, with M Sport, so I really hope that it goes well for him. Going on to, uh, we're going to Sunanen now, because I actually managed to grab a word with Timo Sunanen at the Autosport International Show where they did the WRC launch, and uh, I'm just going to quickly play to you now what he said about his chances and how he was looking forward to the 2019 season. So Timo, uh, new season coming up, what are the targets for the upcoming season? Yeah, first of all, my target is to be in top six in this World Championship because uh, by that we can reach a good agreement for the coming years, so so that's, that's my main target. Yep. And um, in terms of the car, 
Uh, I've seen a few little changes in the aero. Do you think that they've improved uh, the car? Yeah, I'm sure that they've seen improved. But uh, for me, the question is how much the other cars have improved. So it's difficult to say if we are faster or not, but uh, at least we have taken some uh, some good steps forward. In terms of events, which event are you targeting for the big results this season? I would like to go for the Finland. Yeah. That's my home event. And uh, only last year I was able to beat the Sepp. I was able to be faster than him. So, so I know that I can be freely faster. Yeah. And finally, obviously, a changing co-driver for this year. Are you settling in nicely with that? Yeah, we have been traveling for and driving for two weeks before the Christmas and now two days in the test. And uh, it's been great to do some job with him. And uh, I feel more rela relaxed, more happy to work. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So there we go. So um, looking forward to uh, an improvement definitely from next season. He definitely wants more than he had in 2018. Do you think that he's about right with his kind of predictions of top six in the championship? Yeah, I reckon that's a decent target for him. Uh, I don't expect him to be troubling the sort of top five, but, you know, certainly sixth, seventh. Certainly think his target is just going to be beat his teammates, make a good impression, get the better of the more experienced, you know, Elvin Evans, and that'll put him in pretty good stead, I think, going forward. Obviously, you mentioned there about the new co-driver. He feels quite comfortable with that. But M Sport, new co-drivers for every single driver. None of them have got the same co-driver. Um, Elvin Evans switching to Scott Martin, uh, who is uh, who was Craig Breen's uh, co-driver before then. Uh, Tiedemann's obviously changed to Olaf Flown, and uh, Gus Greensmith is with Elliot Edmondson because his previous co-driver retired after a crash. So that's going to be. I, I think that's going to be really unsettling for all of the drivers there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of change, isn't it? It's already not going to look good, but it will be very much, I think, a building sort of time for them. Maybe first half might start off a little bit slower, and then maybe it'll come to them later on in the championship. Uh, you know, who really knows? I think there's a big question mark, isn't there, really, over every driver there and, and kind of the whole team in general at the moment. Yeah, and that's not it for co-driver changes. We will come on to more later on. Let's go on to Hyundai now, who... Despite what we said, we said that we were sure they were going to have five drivers. Uh, it looks like they're only going to have four at the moment. Uh, Thierry Neuville, of course, full season for him. Andreas Mikkelsen, very lucky. He's getting a full season as well. Uh, and then we've got Danny Sordo and Sebastian Loeb sharing that third car. We'll start off with Thierry Neuville. And what are we expecting from him in 2019? Well, he's got to win, hasn't he, the championship? It feels like this is his third sort of shot at it. I feel like he's been building and building. Depends who you ask, really, doesn't it? But, I mean, for me, his 2018 was an improvement on 2017. Uh, I feel like he let himself down in, in 2017, maybe. Um, but in 2018, I think he was up against it, really, especially in that second half of the year. I think the car sort of got away from him. Um, so I'm pretty hopeful for 2019. If the car's there, I really expect a, a good challenge from Neville. He always starts the seasons, you know, pretty strongly. His first half has always been good. It's just whether or not he and the team can just keep that going uh, over the season. But I think crucially, he's got teammates now that can hopefully help him. And certainly, of course, one in particular that uh, we hope will help him anyway uh, for, for half of the events. Yeah, to me... I think, I've said this before, I think Neville has missed his best shot in mm -hmm. in 17, definitely. 
And last year, I, I, I do agree. I think it wasn't really his fault, but it was still a missed opportunity all round from yeah. the team. Um, but I do think that the Manufacturers Championship is is really on for Hyundai. Uh, if Mickelson can recapture his form, Sordo and Loeb are going to be strong, I would imagine. And there's a chance Toyota might implode with their lineup. You never know. And Citroen have only got two cars. So for me, it's not necessarily on Nouvelle to win the Drivers' Championship. It's more the Manufacturers' Championship. That's my personal thinking. But I'm not going to count out Nouvelle. But um, uh, I'd say, to me, that kind of lineup looks more like it's aimed toward the Manufacturers. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, you know, an interesting one in the way they've kind of split the cars, isn't it? Because uh, we know obviously Nouvelle will be doing the full season. And then, you know, the rest is, is a little blurry. You know, Loeb and Sordo, we think we're obviously going to split it. We think Loeb's doing six events. But I just get the feeling of like, even if they said that now, that that might change as the season goes on. You know, we need a better season, don't we, from Mickelson. Otherwise, he's either going to get his season cut short or he won't be continuing the team next year. Yeah, and he's he got... Apparently, I mean, this is very rumoury kind of stuff, but apparently Mickelson got lawyers involved to make sure that he had a full season. So, obviously, Hyundai weren't happy with him. I think that's pretty obvious, but um, he's obviously very uh, stern with holding on to his full season drive. But as you say, I think surely there's got to be some kind of performance uh, contract in there where he's got to start getting results. I mean, I think we'll know straight away as well, won't we? Because... You know, it kind of happened last year where he wasn't really good to begin with, and that just didn't really improve as the season went on. There were flashes, uh, but hopefully this winter has somehow sort of rejuvenated him because, you know, we can't forget the Mickelson we saw at the end of 2016 and that the one that was fighting for his seat in 2017 fought so hard to get it, got it, and then, you know, had a miserable 2018. So hoping for better for Mickelson. What can we expect from Sebastian Loeb? I think he's going to be up there in pretty much every event that he's at. Um, we don't. We still don't actually know which events he's doing, um, but I think that the uh, pretty much last season proved that pretty much anywhere he's going to be up there in every event. In terms of the actual results, I think he'll be competitive, fighting for wins pretty much everywhere. Maybe not in Sweden if he does well in Monte because of road position. Don't know. That's a question mark. Um, but I think he'll pick up. Um, maybe four podiums and two wins i'm gonna say yeah uh, that sounds that sounds pretty right to me i mean like yeah. he's gonna be a challenger isn't he every every rally he's at and i feel like it may well be a case of win or bin sometimes uh, a little bit like it was last year but i mean it's gonna help hyundai isn't it because they had to change something if they went in and tried to do the same thing for the third year in a row it wasn't gonna work and as harsh it is harsh as it is on hayden Padden. You can't disagree with the decision, decision, can you, to, to, to give events to Loeb, to get him in that car. Uh, and it's almost a bit of a steal, isn't it? Because, you know, Citroen had him on their books. M Sport were possibly looking at him. And then Hyundai, really out of nowhere, just came in and, and sort of taken him away. And maybe that could be the, the, the difference in such a tight championship. Yeah, I think you, you really can't doubt Loeb. It would have been silly had they not gone for it. I think they were harsh with Padden in terms of how much they offered him. I think there yes, was still some, yeah, one event they offered him. Oh, what good is that going to do? But uh, yeah, I think they could have offered a little bit more. But I, I agree, you cannot turn down Sebastian Loeb, even though he's mid forties and really just should be sat at home doing nothing. <laughs> he's still an incredible driver. It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, and then finally, Sordo. Um, 
I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, <laughs> he did well in 2018. I think that that'll carry on. But yeah. um, you never quite know with Sordo. Sometimes he can just be a little bit off colour. I think he wants to win, doesn't he? <laughs> I think that's, I think every driver wants to win. But I feel like Sordo, you know, was so close last year. He's 35 now. <clears throat> Rally drivers, of course, can go on for pretty much forever, as uh, Loeb has shown. And I feel like Sordo is, is very much one of those drivers that will not lose too much of his edge. And if anything, he's actually grown more recently, I think, in terms of becoming a more sort of, um, you know, quick on gravel, not just on tarmac. So, yeah, I expect good things from Sordo. They just all need to finish, don't they, really, and get some good points and, and support Neville, because we just haven't had that uh, over the last two years. So let's see if anything changes. Yeah, so that is high end I bet. And uh, finally, Toyota, which I am, I'm really looking forward to. Oitanek is definitely the favourite for this championship, but as I said, I think, I mean, me personally, I think that Ogier will be uh, a very strong contender for him. I think that he can't afford, and Toyota can't afford to make the mistakes that they made last year. Um, and he's going to have massive competition. From Yari Matilatvila, who was fantastic at the end of last season, and Chris Meek, who we know is going to be quick. <laughs> Not, I doubt that he'll be fighting for the championship, but it's going to be a, an incredible amount of competition there. Fast but fragile, I'd say. That's what yeah. their their car and their driver lineup. Um, <laughs> you know, this could be, I think, a season where they win seventy five percent of the rallies, take both championships, or it could be a season where. And there's just absolute carnage going on and just a complete mess and maybe they win half the rallies but then crash out of half of them you know it's going to be i think an, an event really to watch Toyota this year uh because they do have such a quick car and three incredibly talented drivers i really hope it comes together for them i hope it comes together for meek finally not in terms of a championship as you say but just hopefully he can get a couple of wins and just get some consistency get some momentum going this really is his last chance um this is Tanak's first real chance, I think. You know, he's shown what he can do last year. Now he's got a full season to sort of, uh, you know, deliver really. Because you know, I mean, he was pretty quick to be honest as soon as he joined Tosa. But this is his first kind of proper season with them uh, now. And you know, you've got Latvler as well, like you said, who's rejuvenated. So I mean, how do you sort of pick out of those and pick out the rest of the field? You know, they, yeah. What, what do you think is happening with Tosa? Yeah, I'm really not sure. I think. Um... Tanek's got to assert, assert sorry, his authority like he did mm -hmm. last year in the early stages. If he has a poor start to the season, he's not going to get that priority towards the end of it. Um, and I think that realistically he's probably, well, he is obviously the, the man who's going to be fighting um, over the course of the season. But if Meek Latvala do well at the start of the season, Toyota can't suddenly say, oh no, we're going to favour Tanek. So he's got to do well at the start of the season uh, I think he will and I think that Meek is going to grow into this season That's, right. I'm very, oh, no, I'm very cautious aren't we about predicting stuff for Meek yeah, because but... I think everyone has yeah. predicted good stuff And uh, but this this has got to be one of his best chances surely we know the Tota's quick but we do know it's fragile as well and yeah, we've seen it go off the road quite a lot of times last year, even in the hands of Tanaka and Lapalone and Lappy. So mm. I'm not I'm not convinced, to be honest, with with this whole thing. Um, you know, do you think it was the right decision to go with Meek? You know, of course, if you were creating a, an entertainment program, you would definitely put Meek <laughs> yeah. in there. But from a business point of view, with the other drivers that they possibly could have got, 
you know, is this something that they could regret later on? I think so, to be honest. Um, I I would not have chosen Meek myself. I would have I would have tried harder to ki- keep Lappy because it yes. seemed like seemed like he left, but they weren't too bothered about him leaving. That's what it seems like from yeah. the outside. Um, I would have tried harder to keep him, and then I would have gone with um, Craig Breen because I think he's a more reliable third driver i don't yeah. think with with the car they've got they don't need three really quick drivers to me yeah. i think it's a bit of an overkill they're trying world domination it all seems like that's what i mean they literally could dominate this year i think you know not completely of course and because oj is in that field so there's no way they can but yeah. you know they could really make a huge impression on this year because what we saw last year was they were just unbelievably quick until it all went wrong yeah so yeah uh i suppose latvala we kind of touched on him but um I don't know what to expect from him because yeah. he, he did so well at the end of last season and you think that's going to carry on. But can he do a whole season? Can he put a whole season together? Because the last two seasons he's kind of had he's had a good first half in 2017, bad second half, and then vice versa 2018. Yeah, I think he just seems to struggle under the pressure. When there's no pressure on, he's unbeatable and he's got great momentum. But the pressure's coming on at the start of the year. So I think this year it's going to be another maybe struggle at the start. Or maybe he'll do well at the start and then it'll all fall apart. I just I just cannot predict that he's going to be in the top three of the championship, you know, come the end of the year. But I, I'm really hoping so. Yep. And then, of course, it wouldn't be an Across the Stages podcast if we didn't mention WRC2. We love our WRC2. Uh, big switch up this year. WRC2 Pro and WRC2. So Pro is just for the manufacturers. As we kind of expected, a slow start. There's only three entries for the start of this season, but there will be... Um, teams have committed, a few teams have committed to putting a couple of drivers in for 10 or so events over the course of the season. Um, it's hard to bet against Skoda, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's going to be a complicated one because you're going to be trying to work out who's in what championship and what <laughs> points count for who and who's driving for what. And who's co-driver is who's but yeah um it's looking interesting definitely i think it's good we've got people like mass osberg stepping back because it gives a good barometer to people like roven Perra. you know it, it kind of shows how good they really are uh, and i think roven Perra should win this championship um if he can just finish the events i mean he's doing a thing where he's doing all the events he hasn't done already just to maximize the amount of experience he's going to gain that's his main aim is just to gain experience and prove to teams that he's ready for next year not to win this championship so i think the only way he's not going to win the championship is if he basically goes off the road and you have someone like jan kapekshi who keeps on the road and does a really solid job once again and he'll take the title uh maybe matt sosberg but for me like you say it's got to be one of the skoda guys surely because those other cars not up to the same standard uh maybe the polo but then again you don't have anyone really driving that for the full year that could take the title no video we haven't announced anything yet they've got yeah They've got cars in WRC2 normal, but yes. they haven't got any manufacturer-supported things, so they're not in mm-hmm. WRC2 Pro. In terms of Robin Perra, I'm pretty sure he will win this championship because of the yeah. structure of the championship seems good for him because uh, there's no maximum number of events like there was before. You can do every single event if you want, and then you pick your best eight. And I think that Robin Perra is the kind of person where there, there's going to be the backing behind him for him to do all of the events if he wants to so i do think that um i think that he could do pretty much every single round of this season uh, and that would help him a lot 
That's true. Whereas, like, Kopecky, you know, isn't even confirmed for either of the first two events. So no. maybe he'll only do five or six like he did last year. Yeah. So it would be a shame if he didn't really have a full shot at defending his championship. Yeah. But um, I think the odds would be against him anyway. I, in terms of Robin Perra's rival, I suppose Mads Osberg could be, could be a big one. We saw with Mickelson when he stepped back into WRC2 in 2017... He, he absolutely annihilated everyone in terms of pace. He was winning by two minutes and everything. So maybe that could be the same with Mass Oldsburg. I, I don't know. Nah, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. I just don't think that's going to happen. And the thing is, Mickelson set back into a Skoda, didn't he? And yeah, I think Roman yeah. Perra is that special where I think if you chucked him in a WRC car now, he'd be right on pace. He wouldn't have the consistency and he probably wouldn't finish a rally, but over certain stages, he would be just as quick. So. I think that's going to be another story, isn't it, as well? The kind of off-season, the kind of silly season that's going on. Who's going to get Rovan Perra? You know, is there any sort of manufacturer you can see that could probably put him in the car for next year? Yeah, I think it, there's all this talk about Toyota, isn't it, where yeah. it's mm-hmm. that they will only pick two from their, from their current lineup, and then they'll get rid of one. And yeah, so Mikko Lapley, obviously, you would suspect, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I don't it's think it's going to be one of them. Tannic. No. Um, so that's that's another element, really, to Terry to, to battle. And that's another reason why they're all going to have to throw it off the, you know, throw <laughs> yeah. it. Either win or bin, really, because everything's on the line. Yeah. So, we've gone for, we're pretty confident, Rob and Perra for Absolutely. WRC2 Pro. Yeah. Um, I won't bother going into WRC2, because there's so much uncertainty in terms of who, yeah. who's going to enter that. Um, but going back to WRC, Championship Prediction, Top three in the championship. Oh god! <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I have to go. Um, with my, my gut is, my, my my head is telling me Tanak, obviously, because they're the fastest car. But my heart just says, <laughs> my heart <laughs> just says something about um, Ogier and Citroen. Um, not because it's a fairy tale, but I just for me, I saw what Loeb did last year with Citroen. You know, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go against it. I'm gonna go Ogier number one, Tanak number two, and then I guess. Yeah, I'll have to put Neville third. Yeah, I think because because there's a clear number one at Citroen and Hyundai, I think those two have got to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, I'm going to go with Ogier because I, I do think, to me, the start of the season, he's got two very good events for him, Monte Carlo, Corsica. So that's two events where he should do well, however the car's performing, you would imagine. And by then, I think that they will have got Citroen dialed in. And I think that they could be challenging Toyota, and I think that he'll be more consistent. He's not going to have points taken off from his teammates, which Tanak might. So I, I, I think Ogier could do it. But definitely in terms of um, odds that I've seen, and in terms of what you've seen, Tanak is the favourite, which is very odd yeah. when mm-hmm. Ogier's going for a seventh world title. But I, I, I think that Ogier can do it i didn't when he first announced he was moving to citroen i didn't yes. think he could do it what is he doing but yeah i already have changed my mind <laughs> and i think OJ could do it so uh, unfortunately it's a bit dull but i'm, I'm gonna go with the same as, as you uh, they just seem so far ahead don't they those top three we saw that yeah. last year you know untouchable very much unless lapel can string it together so we'll see yeah i think i couldn't i suppose no, I think if we had to put four and five. You know, I, yeah. I put Latvler and Lappy there as well. But then, isn't yeah. that, I think that's the same top five as last year <laughs> yeah. as well. So surely, I saw this never happens where you get the same same drives at the top. So there's going to be a surprise in there somewhere. Yeah, and it, it was. I mean, it was the same top four was same 2017 to 2018. That's true. So and to be fair, there's not even that many full time drivers, is it, with all these no. seat sharing and that. So yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, we are. Loeb, maybe. Loeb, he'll win six events and that'll, that'll take him to fifth. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I think, surely he says that he doesn't want a 10th world title. But surely if he does really well in the first two events, he's going to, at least it's going to surely enter his yeah. mind. It's good that he's doing the first two. I'll say that. It's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's doing these first, so he could be in the Championship League come Mexico, you know. We'll yeah. see. So that, that would be very interesting. Let's turn now to Monte Carlo itself. And I'm going to start with Sebastian Loeb again. Uh, we're just talking about him. Um, odds are against him because he's just done the Dakar, which he did well in, he came third. Um, but that has affected the amount of testing that he's doing. So, and obviously he's getting used to the new car. Could this mean... Monty's more of a kind of getting used to things rally possibly for a normal driver <laughs> but you know this is Loeb uh, so we'll, we'll have to see uh, I mean Auger is getting used to a Citroen as well mm. um, Neville has never had really the luck around Monte Carlo Tanak and Latvala have both shown really good pace but again not quite got the results to show for it so I think it's going to be pretty open, really. I'd still put Ojo as a favourite, even though it's in a new car, because he seems to have this knack of just being able to get it all together, especially on Monty, which feels to me a lot like a sort of an equaliser event. Um, and, you know, Ojo's won it so many times in the past. I mean, well, he's won the last, what, five, I think, in a row? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this very well could be number seven overall. Uh, and I think that would match him with the number of wins Loeb has around this uh, this rally. So, yeah, I for me, I put Ojo as a favourite. But you've also got three main other contenders being Loeb, Tanak, uh, and Latvala for me. Yeah, I, with regards to Loeb, I think mm-hmm. that he's playing the game that he did last year where, oh, don't expect anything from me. <laughs> of course, we've got to, you're a nine-time world champion. And and as you say, it is an equaliser. I've heard Ogier say before that this event, when I think it was when he won it in 2017, he said, this event isn't about having a car that's dialed in to be massively quick. It's about having a car that works on every service that you can imagine and you get your tyres right. And he's he's the man. Ogier and Loeb, I mean, he's been out of it for a few years, but those are the people that know the event best. They know how to set up a car for it. So I, I don't see the car really playing much into it. So I think Ogier, Loeb or Tanak, I don't see Latvler personally mm-hmm. I, I think he, he's a podium been... right podium podium right, yes he feels like a very podium that. sort of monty guy sort of thing yeah yeah i can't see him winning it but i can see him no. i can see him doing pretty well and i think chris meek will win put in some good very good stages <laughs> when it's tarmac yeah but i think that when it gets snowy he's gonna fall off he's the gonna road crash or... um yeah i'm gonna say he's gonna fall off the road because it just feels like that's just gonna be the way it goes and everyone's gonna it's going to be a Twitter storm about it. And everyone's going to be, oh, well, there you go. Meek's crashed again. So, yeah, that's that's my prediction. But I think you can, going into Monte Carlo, I think anyone, it's a good first event because Definitely. I think you can forgive people for crashing at Monte Carlo. Absolutely. Just a sudden bit of ice and you're off the road. So um, I didn't actually pick out a, a winner out of that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it and say Loeb. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, and as uh, as we said, with WRC2 Pro, there's only three people entered for this one, so 
Oh, there's not much point really going into that. <laughs> but it's Greensmith Bonato, who's kind of a, a specialist uh, in French conditions, so he could do quite well. And Robin Pera, but we'll um, blitz them all. Yeah, <laughs> all crash. That will definitely be well, yeah. Because <laughs> last year we saw like people who'd just never done WRC two before coming like second because so many people. I mean, yeah, it. there were four people last year, yeah. so we've we've improved on that. We've got some other, you know, Vavy as well as in there in the polo, so maybe he's one to watch out for as well. So maybe I'll say that. We'll say Elvis and Vavy to win in a polo. A shock result. <laughs> Right, so there we go, Monte Carlo coming up, and uh, we'll be back, obviously, reviewing Monte Carlo, and um, in terms of episodes this year, they're going to be, uh, well, hopefully, we're going to have them throughout the whole year, obviously, we had a few breaks in the middle of last season, but yeah, hopefully, full year uh, for this second series, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll speak again after Monte Carlo, so thank you very much for your time today, and we'll see you later, goodbye.